Welcome to our first podcast. What's going on? Of Into the Green with Nick Jones and Brandon Lee. I'm Brandon. I'm Nick. And <laughs> today we're going to be talking about all things uh, in terms of sustainability, green, um, trying to reduce our carbon footprint, try to reduce our emissions. Talking mostly on the individual level and just sustainable living. So stuff that you can actually do at home to be more sustainable. Yeah, we're going to try to be as practical as possible, and uh, hopefully you can leave today with a few tips and tricks that you can do to be more sustainable in your own life. Nick, you just got uh, a new uh, set of products, uh, mostly like uh, some, it looks like soaps, uh, deodorants, different types of like organic uh, creams and cleansers. I did, I did. Uh, what do you think about them? Um, well, okay, to be totally honest, I have not tried a couple of them yet, but I can speak for a few of them. One, first one I got was a Native, the brand Native. It's a deodorant stick. It's plastic-free. It's kind of just like a cardboard thing that you pop open, and then it's like a push-pop, almost. Like you just push it up and then apply it like normal. And one, it's pa- plastic-free. That's amazing. And it smells really good, and it lasts all day as advertised, like, they say it will, and it actually does. So I'm pleasantly surprised with that. Um, I got some stuff from Georganics. Geo, Geo that's how you say it. Um, so far, I would rate the products that I've used as like a B, maybe B plus. Like, not the best, but I'm willing to keep trying them because they're sustainable. And what what product was the Georganic again? So sorry. the first one I tried, yeah, sorry. First one I tried was uh, toothpaste and. There's two different types of toothpaste I got. The one I tried first is most similar to a normal toothpaste. It just comes in a glass jar, and it's just a pasty stuff. You have a little wooden stick that you dip in and put it onto your brush. So it's pretty much normal. My only complaint was, like, the flavor. It didn't taste amazing. Texture was fine. Unlike toothpaste tablets, where those feel almost almost chalky. That sounds almost, like, futuristic. I've never seen a toothpaste tablet. I've tried those before in the past as well. Um, you I rec- go to your dentist. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I wouldn't recommend them solely for the texture. It's a ch- you, you bite them and then it's almost chalky, Oof. and it does it turns into a liquidy like toothpaste stuff. But that chalky vibe is still there. Oh, man, so that, that dry melt toothpaste. I don't know if I could handle that. So this is definitely an upgrade from that. But I don't know. In terms of flavor, not the best. I have another one from the same brand that I'm gonna try. From what I can tell, it's like a solid, and you kind of just rub your toothbrush on it. And then I don't get it wet, and that might be enough. I'm not entirely sure. I haven't tried it yet, but I'm excited to. Very cool. Yeah. So yeah, it looks like you have pretty good variety. Like just trying them out. Um, do you have like a preference, like a brand that you want to give like a shout out to, or you're just kind of trying them all, like little samples right now? Talking like anything or just toothpaste here? Just anything. Like <laughs> you know, like home goods, uh, sustainable products, things that are either going to be compostable at the end of the day or come in like a reusable container that you can use for other purposes, like repurpose. Okay, well, in general, for anything, like, any sustainable product out there, the first place I would recommend to anyone is Package Free Shop. So, that's just a an online store. There's a couple locations in New York that you can order from. They pretty much have any sort of sustainable product that you can think of on that site. So, it's like a once, almost a one-stop shop for all sustainable products. Okay, yeah, and I was actually checking out the No Package Shop Instagram and it looks to me like they're a newer company, right? Like these guys are kind of like less than, I want to say like even five years old. Like, I believe that's correct, yeah. 
CEO, founder of Lauren Singer. Yeah. I think it's pretty new in the past couple of years. Yeah, and the cool thing is, I know that there are a lot of other ones, like other than No Package Shop, um, or sorry, Package Free <laughs> Shop. Um, like you have the Native. I know, like, um, Whole Foods just developed their own line for compostable products, like household products. Uh, to me, just kind of seeing this, like, I've never actually bought a lot of them. I haven't tried a lot of them. I mostly just go to my local Whole Foods and buy them there instead of like online. But I see a lot of like almost like startups, like smaller companies say like package free shop that are kind of like getting their name out there like especially through like social media is really helping and they're trying to like help scale up by word of mouth um so it's cool yeah that i'm kind of like seeing it from you that like you are enjoying them some not so much some more than others um because i do think that yeah they're super helpful and uh, i definitely like to see more of those products going out there yeah no. so the reason that i've been trying like a bunch of different companies and not so much just going to Whole Foods and buying stuff like yeah Whole Foods does have a handful of like products in their stores but I choose to I guess you could say go direct to the source because these smaller companies that you're saying the startups um, they are more transparent with how they uh, produce the product how they package them ship them they're just more transparent about all the resources that go into their product more so than bigger corporate companies in general, gotcha. generally speaking. Cool. Yeah, that's that's good to hear. Um, I have a little bit of experience just trying to buy, like, I got really sick of, like, the plastic toothbrushes. Like, you use them for, like, maybe a couple months, and then you just have to throw them away. And, like, that's a lot of plastic, you know, built into a toothbrush and just throw it away, especially if you're using the electric ones with the batteries. Uh, so I tried to get the bamboo toothbrush from Amazon. I think I bought it, like, a six-pack. And the sick irony of it is when I got the package from Amazon, there was so much plastic and bubble wrap to package these plastic-free toothbrushes. I felt like I was in the negative. Like, I was using more package were. to send the toothbrushes probably. to me than I was saving by doing the bamboo toothbrush. The, tooth the toothbrushes were fine. It's just, like, the medium they're sending it. Mm -hmm. So the companies you're using, like, how do they send that? Is it all just, like, a paper wrapping that you can, like, throw away, like, a paper towel? Or? Okay, so I have a few things to say to that. One, try to, to, try to avoid using Amazon as much as possible. Like, obviously, I get it. It's so Which is tough nowadays. It's super Prime. convenient. Yeah, yeah like super two-day two day shipping. The, the you can buy anything Prime online. You're in college. Come but on. But really try not to because you can buy these products from other companies that are definitely more sustainable and more transparent. So, like, yeah, it's good that you've got a bamboo toothbrush, but, yes, Amazon's going to ship it however they can. However, there is a setting I have yet to do. Like, I have yet to do it because it was really complicated, but I've heard that there is a setting in Amazon that you can go in and request for all your packages to be shipped to you with as little like minimal packaging as possible. Okay. So that is a thing if you choose to do that. But yeah, I'm guessing you have to sacrifice like Prime. You might not get it in two days. Oh no, but you're no. not gonna get it. You you will get it in yeah, two days. Yeah, as far as I know, really? it solely okay. affects just how it is packaged. Wow. Okay. So That's I really I would highly recommend for everyone to look into that. I will definitely be looking into it again to like confirm that I can send it up. But yeah, yeah. that was what I have to say about Amazon. As far as the stuff I get, so like, yeah, my bamboo toothbrushes will come in um, either just a cardboard box, like paper wrappings, yeah. So every everything I order from stuff like this is always plastic-free. Everything is, like, it's called zero waste, but it's just recyclable. That's yeah. all that really means. You can compost it in your compost, like... Some, some things, the, Like, yeah. you know, if it does, especially, like, the paper deodorant shell, like, things like that. Yeah, um, there are certain things that you can compost, for sure. So in terms of practicality, like 
you know, you said like the products, like they smell good, they work, they're sustainable. What about like pricing though? Like for like these native deodorants where if I went to say like Christmas tree shop, it'd be maybe like $1.50 for a stick of deodorant. Like how is it if I wanted to order from like native or like package free shop, would I still be, you know, getting a good deal on that? Or would I be paying a lot more for a sustainable aspect? You would be paying more. Like that is a fact. That's just kind of unavoidable. But you're no, let me just ask, why is it unavoidable though? Like, is it, do you think like they just need to scale up? Like, cause I don't see it costing more money for the paper packaging than the plastic, right? Like I think one day if they have the materials, like paper doesn't really cost that much more than plastic. Well, in general, when it comes to pricing, I pretty sure like, I kind of associate the cheap deodorant with fast fashion. So I'm going to just go there. So gotcha. like with fast fashion, that stuff is cheap, obviously. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. but it's cheaply made, cheaply made quality, but also cheaply made in terms of labor. So the, the people True. aren't being paid and that's something you're paying for with the higher quality, higher sustainable yeah. products. You're paying because it was made like, ethically and using sustainable products. So those are gotcha. higher quality. They're going to last longer. So yeah. Do you think like some of them, I know some of them were made like more locally, like uh-huh. there's one, I can't remember the name. I'll have to put in like post-production or something, but it's California based and it's all like local, like handmade, but they ship all over the country. It's not like they have a huge factory like overseas and they need to like ship back to the US and back and forth. Like it's not, you're not paying for all that like transportation. It's like they make it in Cali and they mostly sell in Cali, but they could also ship to you. So you're not paying for a bunch of costs to kind of outsource to other countries. Oh yeah. Transportation costs is a major, one of the biggest costs in like the whole I don't know, production chain. Yeah, which also pays in the sustainability. Like, are, are you paying for your deodorant to be shipped across the world to exactly, get to you? Exactly. Like, yeah, so that's one thing I think about. Um, but yeah, so I guess because it's handmade, and or it's not even like handmade, but it's like made ethically, it's made like they pay their workers well. Like you think all that all goes into it mostly? Yes, absolutely. Um, do you think like just from, you know, the future, like do you think that they'll be able to like scale up, like have people you know, getting paid enough and, like, creating these products, like, ethically, do you think it'll be able to become, like, the next, like, Axe or Old Spice, but be sustainable? Like, do you see that happening, them scaling up to that level? I can see potential for that to happen. It's going to take some time. The way I see it right now is there are, like, tons of Instagrams. Like, if you just Google, like, um, sustainable deodorant or, like, sustainable cosmetics, like, obviously, like, it's not just deodorant. It's, like, skincare, makeup lines. There are, like, so many brands out there that I see on Google, Instagram, Facebook. To that, I have to say that you have to really be careful about what brands you're looking at. Because, yeah, if you Google, like, sustainable deodorant, if we're going to use that, for example, yeah, I'm sure a bunch will come up. But then you have to dive deeper. That's the next step. Dive deeper into each one to find out which ones are really sustainable and which ones are greenwashing. greenwashing. Yeah, I was just going to say, yeah, yeah, definitely. Like, I feel like you definitely have to do due diligence. For sure. There's not like one big company out there that everybody knows, oh, they're the best for sustainable products. Like they're the best because I feel like a lot of these companies are maybe under five years and they don't have that big reputation. It's mostly like local word of mouth. Yeah. Like if I had to choose anyone, I would say it was, would be Package Free Shop. But yeah, they're all still new. So yeah. you're right. There's not one that's definitely on top. Yeah. And so what I feel like um, just kind of doing like a little bit more reading into it is I kind of feel like some of these might like maybe combine and like maybe they could like work together to 
really get out there and like scale up to kind of get their prices down, like kind of get a better supply chain and get to more people. That way, like say if, like say native and package free shop, like if they both had strengths in different areas, they could combine that, create a bigger company and then maybe get those products like to more people by lowering their own prices, which is, is kind of what I hope to see, like kind of a lot of these smaller companies keep their reputation, but also kind of like be able to scale up. Yeah, I can see that happening. I th- I would have to look it up, but I've heard that uh, some company is teaming up with Adidas. I know that's like not the best brand to be yeah. teaming up with, but in terms of like uh, teaming up with a bigger brand to yeah. like grow on a corporate level, some sustainable brands are starting to partner up with some like, like big name companies. I think I think it is a parlay, right? That's making the Adidas like. Uh, shoes made from sea plastic. Oh yeah, those, it's like, that like was, ocean that was plastic. Is that the product? Yeah, that's not what I was talking about. But yeah, yeah. that's the thing. I do own that's those shoes. <laughs> yeah, like I guess I would kind of consider that like top down, like these big companies trying to like change here and like although it's not, like huge, like fundamental change in Adidas, they are doing like little initiatives here and there to become more sustainable. So I like to see that shift. Um, yeah, I also definitely like to see like these new startups too, like trying to grow. Um, yeah, and just kind of scale up and get to more people. Okay, diving back into, like, hang back down to the individual level, my question to you is, why do you personally not own more sustainable products when you know that they are better, you just have not purchased any yourself? Um, do you mean, like, my toothbrush or, like, my deodorant, things like that? Yeah, just, like, anything That's, household. Um, yeah, like, some, some things in household, though, like, I gotta say, like, one of the things I saw on Instagram, I think, you sent me it on Instagram, was it from Package Free Shop or one of those? Um, I forget, but I was looking through it and to buy things like even just like deodorant, not deodorant, but toilet paper was like $15 for one roll. Like that's way too much for me. Like if I go to Hannah, that is definitely not a thing. It is not $15 for one roll. It was, it was like you could go on the website and like it was the same one that sold like the camping kits and the first aid kits, like the all sustainable kits. I just don't know if that's true. <laughs> and the same website had like a $55 first aid kit. And I was like, okay, well, I could do that or I could go to like Target and get like, you know, $15 first aid kit. So for me, as much as I love to see it, I cannot buy into spending like, say, six times the amount of money to buy either the toilet paper, or the deodorant, or in my case, the bamboo toothbrush, which is say six times as much as if I went to like Christmas tree shop to get the same one. And so I hate to say it that it is creating waste by saving money and buying the cheaper products that work just, I mean, for me, like a toothbrush is a toothbrush. I just can't buy into it yet. Like I can do everything I can to try to help these companies by word of mouth, try to post about them, try to post about their causes. But personally speaking as, you know, just a middle-class college student who has college debt, who needs to work to earn his own money to pay for gas, to pay for car insurance, to pay for college tuition, to pay off college loans. I can't be spending like, you know, $18 on a stick or two of deodorant when at Christmas tree shop, I can just spend $1 on it. Like to me, that adds up. And, you know, speaking for the everyday college student, like I just don't see it's feasible right now, which is kind of why I wanted to get into more like scaling up these companies through basically like helping people invest in them. Like, from a business perspective, like I would like to see more investment go into these private companies and make them bigger, not just through like consumers, but through investors too. And I think that investors out there do want to get into it. 
which is, sorry, I'm going off on a tangent, but it's creating a whole other field of finance called ESG, uh, Environmental Sustainable and Governance uh, Finance, which is really what I hope to get into maybe in our next podcast. Sneak peek. <laughs> okay, well, let's see. Something that Brandon and I have talked about in the past is, uh, like a specific example, is uh, sunglasses. So I have recently, probably the past two months, ordered a pair of, you call them sustainable sunglasses from this brand called Sunski. This podcast is not sponsored by Sunski. But, <laughs> not yet. <laughs> but he refuses to buy them, even though I try, I, I try to make the argument. So basically, the brand Sunski, like I said, not sponsored, but I love them, so I'm going to promote them. Um, they are a really high-quality sunglasses brand, so the quality of a pair of Sunskis is comparable to the quality of Ray-Bans, and I would say Ray-Bans is probably the number one brand of sunglasses that people would think of when you think of like high-end. So if the quality level is basically the same, very comparable, and the price, the price is a huge thing. So Ray-Bans, what, like anywhere between 80 bucks to like, you can go up to like 400 these Sunskis, I got mine for like $48. So if I know that they are matching the quality of the like top name in sunglasses at a fraction of the price, all while being sustainable using, like, I think it was recycled plastic for the entire thing, and uh, package-free shipping and stuff like that, or package-free, or plastic-free packaging, that's what I meant to say. Um, that was a, a no-brainer for me, a steal in my mind, but Brandon... Yeah. just doesn't think that a pair of $48 sunglasses is worth it when you can buy one at the mall yeah. for $5. Yeah, I refuse to buy into it. The first is just I have free sunglasses like from school, like giveaways and things like that. I'm not going to buy a product if I have like a perfectly good product oh, in my yeah. pocket. So, yeah, that, like, that to me is just consumer. For sure, stuff. yeah. Like I just don't, don't have any for it. Don't buy anything if you don't need it. Like personally, I needed yeah. sunglasses because I didn't have any. I was just saying that if he needed a pair, I would recommend these, but he still yeah. said even if I didn't have any, these would not like, be the ones I would buy. Like, let me just put it out there for the record. Like, even if a product is, like, the most sustainable, like, zero package, it's, like, made ethically, like, they pay their workers well, and you buy the product, but you already have one, you already have a product that does the same exact thing, I believe at that point, even though you're supporting the sustainable company, I believe at that point it could be consumerism if you don't need it and you're spending money on it because it has like the sticker sustainable. Absolutely. That to me is just consumerism. For sure. And obviously consumerism pops up in all fields, especially fast fashion. But I just don't need the product. I don't need sunglasses, so I refuse to buy more into consumerism, even if it is labeled sustainable or green. Okay, yeah. So, but hypothetically, if you didn't have sunglasses right now, if I didn't have them, let's say like right now in my current financial situation, college student trying to work to pay off bills. Say you broke your sunglasses yesterday, you need new ones. I would not be able to afford $50 pair of sunglasses. I wouldn't. I would have to work for six hours to earn those sunglasses, whereas I could just get a cheaper one, probably at like, you know, Kohl's for maybe $10. And those would last me maybe not as long, maybe half as long. But... I cannot afford to work six hours to buy a pair of sunglasses at this time. Like, if I had the checkbook, of course, like, I'd love to buy into these companies. I just can't right now. But I can work in other ways. Um, more through kind of understanding, like, again, how these companies are growing. Like, this is a new company. Sunski has only existed for, what, maybe a couple years. And so what I would like to do is 
in my internships in like say business and finance like try to get these on the radar like try to get people who are in looking for ways to invest in stocks or to buy securities and things like that to tell them hey there's this new company growing called say sunski and they're new and they make great products and people love their products maybe consider investing in them and so for me right now i think that's the most strategic way for me to help a company like sunski yeah no i agree that trying to get investors involved and bring it up to i guess you call it the corporate level is definitely a way to accelerate the growth of these small like sustainable companies but i still think that it's worth it to buy into them now like to pay that extra cost for the product because like you said the ten dollar ones you get from kohl's they are definitely not going to last as long yep. and i just personally this is a personal thing i guess i wouldn't want to buy a cheap pair just for them to break and then just have to buy a new one i'd rather just buy the one and it would last twice as long maybe even like three or four times as long as those ten dollar kohl's ones so this this kind of like topic like touches on something like i also wanted to bring up was just the idea that living a sustainable life is not feasible for everyone if they don't have the resources to do it like obviously yeah there are like little tricks and tips you can do like you know save your jelly jars and use them as like cups like mason jars things like that which cultures are, have been doing for years like this is nothing oh, yeah. new like yeah, this is nothing no, yeah, new for sure but like these sustainable products quote unquote industry that like you know like the native deodorant like the zero pa- like you know the package free store these are all new industries and i believe that they're definitely like high end like these are premium you're paying premium for sustainable versus how it used to be it was more like habits right like you're just going to reuse an old shirt patch it up and then that's your sustainable product yeah like, i completely agree with that because kind of going back to what you said earlier you touched upon it i want to also make it clear that the most sustainable thing you can do is to use what you already have like if you have stuff that works don't buy into these sustainable companies just to buy their product cuz yeah it's a sustainable product like with air quotes but if you have something in your house that will work just fine exactly. just use that yeah like that's the best way like keeping it in like i feel like the most sustainable you can be is reusing things in your own house not shipping new things not going out to buy new things just seeing what you already have like take inventory uh if that means like making reusing a product like that's probably the best way the pitfall i see to this new sustainable industry like you know growing on instagram and all these new places like i love that we're thinking about the future like we're thinking about let's not fill up landfills with plastic let's make products with like recyclable um paper it's just not feasible for a lot of people today especially like college students i'd say we're more interested in than a lot of people we like speaking from my perspective from just like you know middle class college student don't have enough money to be able to buy these premium products unless we invest a lot of time to work and make these money and for me I have a very busy college schedule already like I can't be working 6 hours to save a pair of, for, for a pair of sunglasses like I feel like I need to do other things to help these companies grow but I can't invest in them personally and I really wish that they were bigger and cheaper like let's say I buy deodorant for like a buck 50 let's say if the deodorant from native was like $2, I'd buy it. Definitely, I'd buy tons of it. It's just like I can't afford to pay like $12 or $14 for a thing of deodorant. Like that's just not feasible and I think that's not feasible for a lot of people in our day and age. I don't see that enough people can buy into it at the prices they're at right now. Which is scary right now, but I think that it can change. I think that they can grow. I agree. Like 
I get what you're saying because yes, I am also a college student, but I don't know. I'm I'm willing to work and then use my money for these products. But yeah, I do believe that in the future, these companies will grow to the point where they can lower the prices. Because you're right, you are paying for premium. These most of these companies are like making these products at the most high end as they can. So they are premium, as you say. But I still think it's worth it. For me, I would work and then get money and then still use that to pay for these yeah. like premium sustainable products. Yeah, and again, like I definitely like yeah, you know, that's completely like prerogative. Um, but for me, like I'm trying to think ahead, like do I want to save up to pay off my loans early so maybe I can like you know rent a house after college or like put a down payment on? And I can't do them all. Like I only have so much time to work and make money on top of my college schedule. For sure, I can't work to pay off my student loans, save up for a house, and pay premium for products like I have to pick and choose and I try to choose some products like the sustainable toothbrushes which is a sick irony they came in plastic so <laughs> I have to look at that more but do you still use that toothbrush you still no, this was um I actually gave two to my girlfriend and kept the other and gave two to my brother and I kept two and I've already used those um <laughs> fun time. but uh yeah I really wish it was bigger and again like I feel like there are ways, like people have their eyes on green and that's why we're calling like, this is into the green podcast, right? Because there are these huge, um, areas that people are looking at from like a business perspective, from a consumerism perspective. And for me, I definitely like, I'm glad I'm going into the field of business because I think sustainability and business can equally help each other grow, right? Like even if somebody's not interested in business, they can be sustainable, but if you are interested in business and sustainability, I believe something's there that like you can help kind of answer a lot of the problems we have in terms of waste in the ocean, right? Like we can look at different business plans for say Coca-Cola to say, well, what can we do? Can we package things differently? You know, can we use a new material so we're not getting this much waste? Um, and for me, like that's why like I'm really kind of passionate about going into like environmental management personally like land conservation is what I spent my last summer doing um and again we have like so many areas we want to touch upon on into the green but this is just really the first like sustainable consumerism and trying to get rid of fast fashion because uh, fast fashion is a whole other thing we haven't even touched on but um I would really love to see that go yeah no, if you haven't noticed by now Brandon is the one that's into the financial sides of things like working with corporate companies to I don't know, financially prove that it is more sustainable to do certain things whereas I'm more of the advocate for it. I, I totally agree with everything he stands for but I just know more about the individual level and yep. I guess the consumer sides of things. The practicalities. Yeah. Like how we can use these day to day. Yeah for sure. The day to day yep. stuff. But I'm definitely interested in all the financial stuff and working with corporate businesses. So that's why I think our d dynamic here works because yeah. Yeah, because Nick sees it from like the, the consumer end, and then I'm gonna try to look at it like through all my schooling and things like that from the business end. Like, all right, can we make this work? Like, can we sustain sustainability? Like things like that. Like, can we make it grow, or is it just gonna be an industry that kind of dies out? And I don't believe that's gonna happen. Like, I believe that a lot of people are looking at it, and there's entire schools dedicating to departments to like green to, um, you know, environmental management, environmental science, there's master's programs in business that are for sustainability to reduce emissions and things like that. Um, right, speaking of like buildings and like green stuff, what's that building called? Like 
green buildings or like yeah living buildings are like so if you guys have never heard of living or green buildings look it up they are so cool so check this out the candida building that's k-e-n-d-i-d-a building at georgia tech and i go to school at emory which is right down the road they built this massive building it has chemistry labs study halls conference rooms fully functioning like, like academic building yeah it has like a coffee bar and what it does this, the magic of it is it doesn't use a single you know watt of energy from the grid it, it totally collects it all from yeah. solar and it even takes the solar and then puts it back into the grid for the rest of georgia tech to use in terms of water it's not connected to any like fresh water center it creates rain it collects rainwater over time filters it underground and then pumps it back up into the building and then all the waste from the building goes into another spot in the ground where they like deposit like the sewage and stuff and it's completely independent like this thing could like the whole grid could crash and it would keep going it's it's so amazing like honestly i i think there was another it was inspired by one in seattle i believe i read so there's a couple of these in existence i just wish there were more obviously these are massive like like billion dollar projects so you can't just be building like these every day but i do hope to see more of these buildings being built in the next decade and i i definitely know that there is not a ton of research in how to operate like you know how to design a building like this and so the candida building particularly won a contest to get the funding to build it like i think there were 10 different proposals around the country on where they wanted to build a sustainable building in Georgia Tech, their architecture program and their, uh, I think like their ener- energy engineering, environmental engineering program worked together and they won the grant. I think it was like, it was in like the 20 million ballpark area like that. So it was yeah, really expensive building. Grand. They could have done it for cheaper, but they wanted to prove that they could do the research and they could make it happen. And now that they did that research, they're publishing it to other architectures and environmental engineers so that they can keep building buildings like this. And for me, it's like the Tesla of like a college like lecture hall. It's, it's really oh, for cool. For sure, yeah. I just wish, like obviously, I hope to see more of these fully functioning buildings in the future, but I totally acknowledge that that's hard to do with the financial, like, you just need a lot of money to make these buildings. But what I would like to see more, that I think is a lot more practical, is just a few bits and pieces from like the Candida building put into yeah. newer buildings. So, for example, just maybe trying to incorporate some solar panels or yeah. fix your like irrigation to try and just maybe not even be fully off the grid, but just limit the water that you use and stuff like that. Like, just try and be slightly better. Don't have to be fully functioning by yourself, like self building your own energy type thing, but at least try and make your buildings a little better. For sure. Yeah, and right now I think it's more like institutions like Georgia Tech have the time, they have the resources to be able to do that. And, you know, like a business or a government building might not be able to dedicate that time, right? So I really hope that it kind of gets out there and they can do that. And eventually, like, what I hope to see in our lifetime is like the nuclear family household being like off the grid, right? Like you can charge your car from your house, like a Tesla, like something like that, like an electric car, and then all your house gets its energy from the sun, which I really hope to see and Eventually, learn more about like the entire solar industry. Well, I don't know what to say. Um, <laughs> Alright, so we're at thirty-one. Uh, should we do an outro? Do you think? Do I talk then? I I think that's good, right? Like thirty-five minutes. As bad as going to like Tesla, but you do we can do Tesla? Okay, wait, what was the thing you just said? I was going to cut out the sample. What did you just say? Oh, uh, solar.
I was going to because what you said reminded me of Tesla. Yeah. And Let's talk about Tesla. How about segue into that? Now? Um. Okay, so I was it. Um, yeah, so as I was saying, like, being able to charge your car from your house, dude, what about Tesla? How do you feel about them? <laughs> um, well, obviously, I love them. I, that's, like, currently my dream car, and I will one day own one. Like, mark my words, I will have a Tesla in my life. But no, the, what is it, the Model Y, I believe, that's coming out is, I've heard, so, I obviously, I watched a lot of YouTube. Um, Marquez Brownlee is the person I watched this from. He yeah. test drove one. And he was saying that it's Tesla's most important car that's going to be released because, um, damn, I forget. <laughs> okay, um, no, but yeah, no, Tesla's like a great car. And I was seeing interviews by like uh, Jamie Foxx, oh, yeah, comedian singer, sure. like he's doing videos, like it's just, it's like a status symbol now, right? Like it instead really of like is. Yeah. a Lambo, people are like, oh, this Lambo, like that gas guzzler, we don't want that. It looks cool. But like a Tesla, you just like feel good, right? Like that's the vibe I'm getting. Um, they're just so modern yeah and I don't know everyone just wants one right yeah like y they look so sleek on the road and dude props to Elon like he, he to me is like is, a modern day Einstein yeah he's like decades ahead of us so dude his like mind that, is that's somewhere like, else like the man crush right there like this dude is just <laughs> genius um so I actually heard uh, from my friend who's studying physics uh, he was actually looking at like the, the physics of the battery right of the Tesla battery and the story behind the Tesla battery is electric cars were not very feasible. Like, they actually cost more than gas cars before Elon Musk. And the idea around it was that I think, like, for one, uh, like, megawatt or something like that, like, a unit of energy was $22 for a megawatt for a car, right? So that was, at that point, more than gasoline. And Elon Musk, he comes into the kind of solar and he starts getting in more into electric cars and he says... I'm going to hire a team of six physicists slash engineers, and we're going to look at the chemistry of it. And he believed that they could create a cheaper uh, chemical like battery for the Tesla. And what he did is them together, they brought it down from $22 per megawatt to $12 per megawatt. And when he did that and scaled it up, it was cheaper and more effective. Like, dude, the 0 to 60 on Teslas are crazy because they found this new chemical compound of like, cobalt to like magnesium to something else it's just a bunch of chemical elements that create this lithium battery and it's a really big battery but elon musk basically said when he creates something he doesn't think of his company as like an analogy right like we want to make an electric car company like other car companies he thinks i want to build something from the ground up from like literally the chemical level and find the best combination of chemicals and like build that up create a battery and then build that up and then create a car from scratch. Like, that's like the Cybertruck, dude. It looks like no other truck in the world because he's like, I don't care Innovative. what Ford's doing with their yeah. truck, dude. I'm going to go and I'm going to go on my computer and start designing this stuff. And once I come to a design I like, I'm going to optimize it. And I don't care if it looks anything like what Ford, Chevy, GM is doing. I built it from the ground up and this is what I'm going to do. And that's his business plan. Like, like, dude, that's so ingenious. Like, he doesn't think how other people think. He thinks from the bottom and then grows in his own way and it looks so much different than everybody else. Yeah, but that, I see that as a good thing. Being, hey, dude, it's an amazing thing. Being yeah. different, like being the same as everything else, like if you were to make a Cybertruck just like, that looks like, like an F-150, like sure, it'd be great because it's like an electric truck, but the, just the fact that the Cybertruck looks the way it does yeah. just makes it so much more interesting Badass. like it's like an apocalypse vehicle like you get in there you <laughs> it's just... literally a tank it is yeah 
except for, I don't know when you saw the unveiling, he had somebody throw a rock at the, at okay, the window it, to show how it, bulletproof it was. It was a mess up. <laughs> okay, like, did, that did not mean to happen. Oh, I was weak. That was funny. But yeah, no, one day I would like to get the Tesla. And again, like that's one of the things that people didn't think it would scale up, right? Everyone said, oh, Tesla's going to crash. Why would you buy it at like 700? It actually did buy one. I uh, bought one share of Tesla. Yeah, I regret not and, buying into Tesla sooner. <laughs> dude, that was counter to everyone was saying. Like, I had friends shorting Tesla. They're like, dude, there's no way Elon can sustain this growth. Like, he's not going to scale up. And they shorted him. Dude, they lost so much money because they thought Tesla was going to go down. Absolutely not. It went up 240% since I got it because he realized that he could scale up. Like, he blew away his manufacturing expectations. Like, he made like thousands more Teslas than anybody thought he could do in like three, three months. And so for me, like, that's a huge glimmer of hope that within, like, maybe by 2030, a majority of cars will be electric. Oh, yeah, no, he, like, he's influenced every other, like, car company to be forcing them to yeah. put more effort and resources into making yeah. their own electric vehicles. Like, I mean, it's not, like, almost like the dangling the carrot in front of their face, like, hey, if you become electric, they'll be good. Like, he's, like, poking them, like, yo, like, I'm going <laughs> to beat you guys. If you don't keep up with me, I'm going to put you all out of business because... Tesla is the number one valued car company in the world. They beat out Toyota. They beat out like Kia, Honda. And although they don't have like the same revenue, like if you look at their business plan, it is so much more profitable than any other car company because it's so desirable and so effective. Um, so yeah, it's just really good to, to be able to see that. All right. So I feel like that is pretty much going to wrap it up for our first podcast. It was good, like a little over half an hour. So yeah, yeah, hopefully you guys enjoyed what we talked about today. It was our first one. So cut us a little slack. I'm sure it wasn't perfect. Yeah. A little bit of uh, gotten the weeds here and there, but (laughs) hopefully again, like as we said in the beginning, you guys could take a few tips out of this and use it in your day-to-day life. Yeah, this is just... By Tesla. (laughs) Sponsored by Tesla. (laughs) This is just to, I don't know, inform you guys get a little glimpse of how we think since we are we do contrast each other in terms of our thought process on a lot of this type of stuff so i think it's beneficial for you guys to hear both sides and then i don't take both into consideration make your own decisions yeah hopefully you do learn something on this yeah that's the goal just hopefully you can learn it and then tune back in next week we'll see you then with into the green into the green